Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Roasted Games Podcast. I am Kaz Gable. And I'm Bill Price. And today we're back again to talk to you guys about games and design. And we're going to start off as we always start off with what have we been playing. And we have a really fun one that we've been meaning to get to for so long. And we had a great opportunity to play this so long. (laughs) So long I feel bad how long it's been. But uh, we had a great opportunity because of everything that's going on to play this game virtually with uh, the designers of this game who we interviewed a while ago. And the game is called Capital Vices, designed by uh, Corey and Donnie of Concept Medley Games. And uh, they were kind enough to invite us to play. And we uh, all got together and played a round of it and it was a blast we had a really good time playing this game and it was your first time jumping on virtual systems which is really fun to uh, actually be able to jump on with you as well which seemed a long yes. time coming as well yes it was my first foray into digital gaming uh we played on tabletopia uh, and had a lot of fun it was uh very intuitive i like tabletopia it took me a little, uh, a little bit to, to kind of figure out how everything works, but it's actually pretty, pretty user friendly. So I, I, I liked that. Um, but yeah, the, the four of us got to play. Um, and so Capital Vices uh, is based on the Seven Deadly Sins or the Seven Capital Vices, as it were. And uh, it is a micro card game, and it is uh, basically. At its core, uh, the core design of it is it's a pattern building game. So in effect, uh, everybody starts out with, uh, their, with their resources of their color. Um, there's food and money and they're, uh, they're switchable. So you flip them up and one side's food, one side's money. Um, but the, the whole essence of it is there's these seven deadly, card, seven deadly sin cards uh, in the middle of the table that each have actions on them. The very first one is uh, actually sets the scoring for the round. So it kind of gives you a pattern to build towards. Like uh, you want to be, um, you want to have the fewest cards of your own color, or you want uh, to have the fewest cards of the person's color to the left of you, or something to that effect. And it uh, people take turns doing each of the, uh, deadly sin cards and uh, each card has an action like move you know take two from one p- person and put it in to two other people you know one in each uh, so uh, maybe flip a food to a money or burn a card or do something like that um, so each one gives you a way to kind of redistribute uh, these resources that are in front of yourself and other people uh, to try and match the scoring pattern that uh, that it's the first sin is asking for. Uh, at the end of the round, whoever uh, it's got, wh- whoever has achieved that the least is the sinner and uh, typically does not score. There are ways for the sinner, there's a way for the sinner to score. We don't have to get that granular. Um, but in effect, it's it's that whole you're trying to use those powers to redistribute things, and ultimately you're trying to uh, make sure that you can score points. Uh, it takes place over several rounds. I think in all, what, what it takes about maybe forty minutes to play to finish. Um, gosh, that long? I feel like it was 30? shorter than that. Yeah, hmm. I think around thirty. 
But of course, okay. we were talking and learning at, at the same time, so That's it's pretty. True. It's pretty quick game. It's um, I'd say if you're if the you played it once, you could probably play this pretty pretty quickly in around twenty to thirty. Um, yeah. Even with a full complement of people, if everyone sort of has a sense of it, the main I think the main thing is just um, like the the stri- the structure is pretty simple and straightforward, and the cards and the tableau, the layout does a nice job because you only have like. Um, two cards of your color in your uh what they call cough coffer at the beginning yeah. so it's it the clear the uh the distribution of cards and rearrangement of card uh, cards of your color and other people's colors around the table is very straightforward the biggest thing i think um the learning curve is just how the scoring works and what to go after based on what's presenting itself um on the actions on the table because the, there's a little it's not tricky it's just like it took me a, at least a minute just to kind of get it in my head concretely like okay if i'm if i'm going to sin then i got to do this or if i'm not going to sin all right then who else is not going to sin all right like so we're not all not sinners or the three of us are not sinners then how do i offset how do i be the better at not sinning <laughs> you know what i mean right. so there's a little there's little tricks within the scoring system but it, it's pretty straightforward to pick up and once you get that uh, and it's a mild uh, learning curve for sure um, it's pretty straightforward and you play play it fairly quickly yeah i i agree and it's um what struck me actually uh, is the fact that it's uh it seems pretty straightforward right off the bat. You're like, okay, you play a round of it, and you're like, oh, I completely get this. Um, but it is a really, it can be a really deep game. Um, there's a mm-hmm. lot of strategy in there that doesn't really come out until kind of later in the game, later rounds, because they have this mechanism where you have to score exactly seven points. If you score more than that, you don't score anything for that round. So you could be stuck at six, and uh, and this happened a couple times where um, I was at six and somebody uh, with the last power would make it so that I'd score two points. And so I, since I couldn't score exactly seven, it kept me at six, so I didn't win that round. And uh, and so there's, there's ways you have to kind of build not only make sure you're not the sinner that you can score but also make sure that you are falling in the correct hierarchy of scoring because you may have okay i want to make sure that i'm going to score but i also want to make sure that i don't have as many uh different cards of different colors so that i don't accidentally score two points or three points or or what have you so um it's and I, I obviously that that there's a lot of minutia in there as well, but um, it's it it struck me towards the end of how how much strategy is really involved with just playing one power, especially when we had because we had at one point we had um, multiple people with five or six points, mm-hmm. and just kind of each each thing was okay. Not only how do I help myself score one point and one point only, but how do I make sure that this guy over here scores too many points or doesn't score any points, and the guy across from me, and the guy over here who only has five points, he could bust out and score two and win right now. Is he in position? So what am I doing? So there's there's a, so much to keep track of. Um, I, I, I feel like it's one of those games if you play it three times four times you really start to to get a much better sense of the depth of the game uh i didn't realize even even through the first few rounds i didn't really wasn't really picking up on a lot of those really subtle 
uh, strategies yeah. oh, in yeah. there. So it was very, very well designed, and I really like what they they did with it. They definitely, you can tell they play tested the hell out of this, and you can tell that uh, a lot of thought went into it. And my my guess is, and also from uh, the interview, uh, we know that there were a lot of different iterations of this game. So uh, right. they they definitely this is one of those things where I feel like. They're probably because there were so many other iterations. This could have just stopped at a different one and been right, not right. not as good. Um, and I just think that that little things like the just not being the first one to score more than seven, uh, the first one to score exactly seven, really makes for a tight end game. Because not only are you, like I said, not only are you looking at not not letting somebody score, but maybe. Instead, you're trying to make them score too many, uh, and so mm-hmm. that's that that whole dynamic. I think really uh, hit me towards the end game, and I'd really like to play a few more times with that in mind, like kind of knowing that there's more depth here than I was originally giving it credit for. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting. Y'all kind of like um, cluster, or at least that one one experience that we played. You not uh, you sort of like congregate around the uh, that point whether it's one or two points that you need it just happens that the three of us needed i think we all needed the one right we were all at six right before yeah, think, yeah three of us needed six and i think uh cory just needed five uh, he or he had five we we had yeah. six and he he yeah so it's kind of yeah, like he needed how do two I... and so he was hunting for that and we were all kind of like trying to jockey f- to be able to get the one because one is hard <laughs> a lot harder to it? get than two it seems at least um, but yeah, it's a really interesting structure and there is some depth to play with here. It, one of the things that reminded me, it, there's a, I was trying to put my finger on what I was the feel of, um, it. And a lot of the fun of the game is, um, because we were talking about this while we were playing and as, and talking to them about the structure of that and that, uh, in a four player game, um, each round, there's going to be two players that get two actions and two players that only get one action. And so, uh, but it shifts, and as you shift around the table several times, you definitely all it all evens out in the totals. Um, but it is interesting because part of the fun of the game and the challenge is creating uh, unique conundrums for the people you know are coming after you in the actions. If you only have one action or you have an early action and maybe a later action as well, but it's not the last action, it, how can you set up decisions for the other players to, that may, probably will negatively affect you, but not completely? It almost is like... Uh, and I pick you choose structure in a way, or at least there's a feel of that, I think, because you are like dividing cards. Let's say you're dividing cards with one action where you take two from one player and distribute them um, into two individual other players. Okay, now you have two cards out there that you may not want, but um, it has to go through both of those players and they might Odds are low they're both give them back to you <laughs> or give them uh, exactly the place you don't want them. So you just create these really interesting decisions uh, for other players because they've got to balance doing something that helps them and also something that diminishes your or everyone else's strategy as well. It's that I pick you choose feel sort of in here. And uh, yeah, it's really interesting. It's really interesting structure. Yeah, I agree. And that goes right back to, to the depth that I'm talking about is that it's it isn't just, okay, what do I do? It's what do I do that can – you do set up choices for other players because you, you could – there's uh, one card where you can choose the power of another card. So you're like, okay, yeah. well, well uh, which one not only benefits me, but which one 
probably would give somebody else, wouldn't give them the choice that you're pretty sure they want, you know? Uh, and, mm-hmm. and if you can kind of read down the line there, there, there are ways to deprive people of the cards that they would need to get out of situations. There's, uh, there's ways to set it up so they have to choose something that, that may not benefit them because, you know, they have to take two from one coffer, but you know for a fact that, that there's only one player that has most of the cards, that even has two cards to take from. Um, so where does it go? And what are they choosing? Are they going are, are to accidentally make somebody win because they're not thinking that far ahead? Uh, so, yeah, there's, we could talk about that all night. Uh, there's, there's a, lot, a lot of depth in, like, eight, what's it, 18 cards? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean that's that's crazy. Uh, I'll, there's a lot of depth in there. Uh, it's very very well done. Um, yeah, yeah, you're right. We could probably go on and on about it, but uh, it is still available for sale. Anyone else is interested in checking it out? Um, they do have the with the Kickstarter. There was also included the option of these additional variant cards, which seem pretty cool. We haven't used ours yet, but I'm looking forward to trying it um, this week. I'm hoping to get a player two in. With mine, I know we each have a different one um, to try. And uh, let's see, you, what did you? Which one did you have? You, I have the trickster. I have the troll. The troll, right? And so, once again, more strategy options to throw in to the mix if if you like the structure or want to uh, try a different way to engage with it. So, um, yeah, definitely check it out if you guys have a chance. You can go to their website on conceptmedley.com to find the game itself and uh, any other information about them and their other games. Yes, yes. Um, Hopefully we'll get them back on someday soon to uh, to talk about it and see where they're at these days. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, I'm sure we definitely will. Probably sooner than later <laughs> as <Yes>. we are <laughs> uh, all just kind of hanging out. Um, the, so let's see. The other thing I got played this week was I was able to get a playthrough of Kemet, which is really cool uh, for me <laughs> uh, to get that played with some friends and that I've been playing with uh, in Wisconsin or in the Midwest, I should say, where I'm from. Um, and that was a fun for me, for most of it, and then I, I, I kind of forget the time difference there. They're an hour ahead of me, and uh, <laughs> and uh, they're all they all happen to be at jobs where they are going uh, regular schedule, and some of them are similar to your work right now, where it's very crazy and they have to do these crazy hours. So it started to drag on towards the end, and we had just decided. Uh, I was just like, hey, guys, I'm, this is taking longer than I thought it would. If you guys want to, we can just, after this round, we can just call it here so you guys can get to sleep. Because I realize it's like one in the morning where you are. And they were like, okay, cool, yeah. And then it just happened that one of them won it uh, in that round anyway. So, But oh, nice. um, it was really fun to play the game. It was fun to play play it virtually as well. Yeah. Um, it, I don't know. It, Kemet's a great game, but there is it is definitely a game with setup. <laughs> and so having it just sort of set up for you is actually really cool. Uh, and uh, experience, but I it really made me fall back in love with Kevin. I haven't played it for quite a long time. I've been um, slogging through painting the character, the minis, and I'm almost done, but I have been almost done for months now. And uh, so I just reminded again how much I love this game and how quickly it is, how easy and quickly you can get into this somewhat complex 
battle game. There's a lot there's a lot of little rules here, but it's overall pretty straightforward. And the joy of it is just getting all these cool tile power tiles that no one else can have. And once you've got them, you can just go hog wild. And then uh, after you're done, you're like, man, I would have done that differently. Or I would try that power tile. There's all everything's cool. There's all these great options to go after, and there's no bad decisions. But there's definitely ones that you wish you would have tried. Even now, after playing it a few times, there's some I haven't even tried at at all. So that was fun. That's that scratched an itch for sure. Well, good. Yeah, uh, that's all. I've been meaning to really been meaning to play that. Um, so like what, uh, just to kind of stay on Kemet, uh, for a little bit, uh, we talked mm-hmm. about cool design choices in, uh, in capital vices. What's give me like one or two of your favorite design elements in Kemet that maybe make it stand out, uh, from, yeah. from other games, other just straight up like war games. Yeah, there's two there's two big ones. One is one is some crossover with Capital Vices in that there is uh well, not exactly the same here, but it's a similar feel towards the end game uh and throughout the game actually, but more towards the end game is there's a bit of jockeying for position. That's common in war games, but the way it happens here is that that there are temporary and permanent victory points that are assigned. So the game uh, aggressively pushes you towards attacking. This game is not about turtling. It's to- it's about the glory of glorious battle. You're you're a deity whose followers are sacrificing themselves in battle for you. You want that to happen. That's that's a good thing. So it gives you a permanent two victory or two types of permanent victory points. One is for um, uh, being the aggressor in battle and winning. If you're the aggressor in battle and win, you get a permanent victory point that no one can take from you. Um, and then the other one is um, by, let's see, there's, oh, shoot, I'm drawing, <laughs> what's the other one? I can't think of the other one. What is the other one? Anyway, I'll think of it in a second, after, uh, stupidly, after I uh, uh, can't think of it right now. But Once the show's that, over, it'll, it'll pop in there. Yeah, it'll all come flooding back. <laughs> so there's, a, there's anyway, there's a, there's a way to get some, there's a couple ways to get permanent victory points, and then the rest of them are temporary victory points. And one of the ways you do that is by holding certain positions. There are temples on the board that give you benefits if uh, at the end of the day phase, you have control of them. They basically you earn uh, prayer points. You earn um, you've paid homage to your god, and you get the currency in the game, which is prayer. Um, and so those give you a point if you're on them. And you're only playing to eight points in the short game, ten in the long game. And so if you can make a big push at some point late game, you can get a lot of points really quickly in a low scoring overall game and so it's this really interesting back and forth pull because if someone's on there and they have seven points well if they lose a temple suddenly they're at six points so they're not nearly as close as they were and so there's this jockeying for position around the prayer points um in the uh in in the temporary victory points and there's also another uh, way of temporary victory points where you can upgrade your city in a way a pyramid in your city to earn a victory point um and but that can be uh, rated and taken over and so someone can take over that victory point again from you so there's these really interesting late game you know jockeying for position moves you know that, that reminds uh, me play of out. Hmm. the temporary victory points kind of reminds me of in Catan, where you have things like the the longest road and and stuff like that where uh yeah where you can get it taken away from you but if you can just get it long enough to you know go along with whatever you've got uh, going, you can you can hit that that point threshold. So that that's a neat neat thing in games. Uh, I'm trying to think if I can think of any other games 
that do something similar to that. I'm sure there's plenty of them, but um, I digress. So you what well, was, it definitely uh, feels like <laughs> it, there's a familiarity to it. Yeah, I get what you're saying though, because there's that a familiarity of sort of that that back and forth and there's not some war games that there's the back and forth but it's so absolute like mm-hmm. um you you do this and then you've done it and then they may in theory be able to take it away from you but it is a giant slog and they have to devote so many resources just to uh, toppling off you you off whatever mountain you're on it's almost um i don't know it's just not it becomes not fun in a way Kemet's fast light and and um very accessible and so uh, oh, the other, I just, I'm going to remember the other power tiles just remembered. You can basically just straight up buy two power, uh, two uh, victory points uh, for permanence. But um, anyway, the, the rest of them are temporary. And uh, so anyway, the other, the other thing that's come, that's really interesting is the way it does battles. And you have a, a small deck of cards. There's six cards. And Kemet's battles are played out, and th- there's three different variables that play out at once. And that is strength, so who wins the battle. And then there are casualties. And casualties are delineated by two, two variables, basically bloodshed and defense. Um, so you can win a battle, but still lose all your guys, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Basically, yeah. I think the, the way it play like if uh, I think the way they're envisioning it is you've outsmarted the opponent and you've you've won the battle but at the end of the battle when you're checking your soldiers everyone's mortally wounded <laughs> and they don't last very long <laughs> after that uh, it, it can happen and it does happen in the game but uh, it's just an interesting structure where you can win but still lose presence in the area in a uh, game that uh, territory control is is a part of it for sure so um I, I like that, and it's also another little wrench in the works of how to approach a battle within the structure of the six cards. And how the six cards work is that you choose one card to play, and you all have the same decks, one card to play, and one card to discard. And you won't reshuffle that deck until you've uh, dis- played and discarded all of them. So basically, you'll have three battles, and then you'll get your deck back. But you know how many car- how many battles everyone else has had, and you don't necessarily have to keep track of what they did, but you know the odds of do they have their really powerful strength card? Do they have their really powerful um, casualty bloodshed card? Are they going to inflict a lot of losses on you? Or do they have a, just a high defense card? So you have this there's another mind game of um, choosing your targets based on how kind of bad, how much battle they've done recently and mm-hmm. also... Be, uh, in on top of because once again you get a victory point just for winning a battle so you might have a position you want to get to that's strategically helpful but also that quick victory point is really hard to pass up sometimes in an eight victory point total game so there's all these little things that entice you throughout this game that are really really interesting and the battle system is is fun um you both uh put the card face down and then you reveal at the same time and there are also these things called divine intervention cards that you get each round and some of them you can be used for battle, and it's kind of like a ha-ha, also this uh, you can throw into a battle that are sort of minor effects, but they can be really powerful if you use them strategically. So hmm. just uh, just a lot of high-speed uh, fun that's not overwhelming <laughs> in a really fun, quick battle game with a lot of, lot of maneuvering and uh, just sort of the glory of kind of let go of the uh, feeling and a lot of you know a lot of euro games especially you get you have the sense of panic or the sense of nervousness and tension of like maintaining your resources properly i feel kemet lets you just let it go and just go go not who cares if you have the resources you can get them back pretty easily just go nuts and go all over the board and if nothing else have have fun getting chaotic 
Huh. Yeah. And the board, the board has always fascinated me. The way that they have it designed where like, it's really cool. Everything's, yeah. everything's only two spaces, no more than two spaces away from anything else. Yeah. It looks like, like there's, yeah, it definitely looks like there's an ideal advantage point, but when you, yeah, when you count it out, it is all not. equally distant from each yeah. other. There's no, there's no strategic benefit from one or the other. It's really it's interesting. It's such a clever way, design. It's bizarre the way they had it, that they have it set up because yeah, you're right. At first glance, you're like, oh, well, this seems way closer, way farther away. Right. This, <laughs> but yeah, you count it down and you're like, oh, it's, it's literally exactly the same. So right. uh, yeah. yeah, that's really neat <laughs> the way they did that. Yeah, I'd re- I'd love to talk to the designer of the board um, just about that because it's it, it it at first glance it looks it looks like a very natural kind of overhead map, um, obviously a heavily illustrated overhead map of the valley, this lush va- valley area along, along the Nile, but um, the way they just did the delineations of the territories, yeah, it's it's so cool. It's such a really unique design that doesn't look rigid, <laughs> but is still simple and and clear uh, yeah. without being chaotic. I feel like I feel like they they probably had a different board at one point and realized that the 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 spaces really do matter and there were better than other places. So I feel like they're like, how do we make this so that this <laughs> over here, all the way over here, is still the same close to that all the way over there as it is to next door neighbor? Uh, right. And I. They, yeah, weird territory it. lines. Yeah. That's how <laughs> really weird. But they, yeah, they they definitely fixed it. So that's that's one of the neater things that, that, that at first glance, like before you really know much about the game, that kind of catches your eye. I think. Yeah, yeah, just little minutiae like that. Even the cities that you have, they're technically three districts of a city that can each individually be raided and taken over, or you need to protect, depending on if you uh, care about it or have something there to protect. So, yeah, it's just really interesting structures in the game. And, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's one of my faves. It's nice to be able to play it again after not having played it in a long time and, uh, uh, yeah, introduce some new people to it. So Nice. Kemet. What else did you play? I, I haven't played anything else, so spoiler <laughs> Uh, the only thing I've played that we haven't talked about much lately is, uh, uh, I, I mentioned it briefly last time, I think, is uh, Hellboy the game. I um, have been messing around with that. That's one that popped up on Kickstarter, and I almost backed it, and I just was uh, had, had limited myself at the time of no kickstarting for a while because I was getting a little carried away. And um, uh, I, 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 if it pops up again, I might pull the trigger, but I just wanted to ex- play with the game and sort of experiment with what it does because I love Hellboy and that universe and um, this oh, game was, uh, yeah, I think you'd really like this game. It, it does a great job of capturing the humor of Hellboy while still making a pretty, I've only played the intro scenario, but a pretty potentially, um, not difficult, but definitely some interesting decisions, strategic decisions to make in the game. And there's just, I don't know, just the humor, the humor is really great. Like their abilities fall right in line with the humor of the, uh, the, uh, the humor of that, um, world and also the characters themselves. Hellboy, there's like little furniture that just pops up and all it really is half the time or most of the time, I think is just, um, cool stuff to be on the board. Uh, you know, there's like a chair or a table that just happens to be there and, uh, uh, he can just use it as a weapon. <laughs> If he's in a room with it, it's just one of his abilities. It's just for no reason. Anyway, there's also there's also just a bird. There's a miniature. Uh, it's called what is it called? Um, oh shoot! Uh, it's like ser- serious looking bird or something like that. Or no, 
ominous ominous bird oh my it's serious a, looking it's a bird f- sounds awful <laughs> it's like, a full miniature better name <laughs> yeah it's a full miniature like they actually had it made it's printed it's a full miniature and it does nothing you can't attack it you can't you can't uh it doesn't do anything to you except it limits your um roles it, it actually weakens your roles if it's in this room it's just ominousness personified <laughs> it's just silly huh. it's just very serious ominous looking bird and all it does is if it if it pops up in a room is it just limits your uh, ability to do things in a small way um and so anyway it's just something to uh, just, some, just a bunch of silly stuff like that but playing the soul variant um with the intro scenario was really fun i really enjoyed it i i'd love to play this with a group of people i think it would be a, a quite a good time because it was difficult to do, but it also had a lot of humor in there that brought up the mood um, when it was hard. It still you still got to chuckle out of like how things were playing out or how like the frog monsters would do things that would just sort of make you laugh. Um, some of them are most of them are attacking you, but there's one that's cowardly that it if it's in a certain position will attack you, but then it runs away and just, I don't know, it's just making me laugh a lot. So I had a lot of fun with that one, and I, I definitely recommend you guys check it out and let me, What's or if you have played on? it. And, uh, that one's on Tabletop Simulator, and uh, okay. they have a pretty good version, a couple versions on there of, of that one. I don't think Tabletopia has it, um, but I really like to hear from people who do own it and have played it more than I have, uh, what their thoughts are and how this um, scenarios play out, because I think there's, uh, I can't remember off the top of my head, six or maybe eight in the in the game at the moment um and uh, that's quite a lot i mean for how long the scenarios are and they are definitely uh there's there's a reasonable amount of replay or replay value in them um the way the board is set up and how it's gonna how each scenario is gonna play out plays out differently you might know the end result i guess perhaps but the way it plays out and uh is gonna be very different each time you engage it so uh anyway that's that's all i've been really messing around with okay well sounds fun I would totally, yeah. totally play that. I'd play anything yeah. right now, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. <laughs> well, we've got to schedule something soon so we can uh, uh, try our hand more at, uh, actually, uh, Tabletop Simulator, since you tried Tabletopia, and then Simulator's pretty close, but there's I like it better. There's a little more options to do and a uh, uh, bigger game library potentially there. So, Okay, cool. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm, I'm in. All right. Well... What else could we talk about, or should we should we call it for today? I feel like uh, yeah, I, I feel like I, I'm out I of think, stuff. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think we can we could probably call it for today. Well, that sounds good. I think uh, I uh, uh, well, yeah, I, I, we definitely got to try to plan something here. It'd be fun to um, figure out someday where uh, you're got some free time and we could at least play a short one uh, just to mess around with some other virtual structures. Yeah, for sure. So, um, all right, guys. Well, thank you for listening again. And if you, of course, want to get a hold of us, you can do that in a few different ways. You can go on Twitter and Instagram at Roasted Games One. Uh, you can also follow us on Facebook at Roasted Games. And we are the logo. Well, you know our logo at this point, I hope. <laughs> but we are the Flaming yeah. Die logo. And uh, you can also go to our podcast hosting page, eavesdrop.com. Scroll down to the Roasted Games page and fill out our comment form there. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys, hear what you're playing, any comments on what we've been talking about or stuff we should talk about. And until next time, thank you for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Bye.